Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 22nd, 2020. This is championship week for fantasy footballers all over the world. Yes, we are about to complete an NFL season in the age of the pandemic and COVID, and, and I'm so excited about it because I have a team that's, a, that's still, uh, still playing. Uh, my co-host here has a team, I believe. Uh, I know all you guys are out there have a team, and we're here to help you, and we're going to get right to the news and notes right now. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, a very experienced player and fantasy writer, been writing for the site for like I don't know more than twenty years. Uh, Chris Rito, how are you doing tonight? Very well, sir. Very well. I'll apologize in advance if things get a little noisy on my end here. It's uh, it is Week Sixteen Championship Week. The celebrations, obviously, but it's also a holiday week for a lot of people. All of my kids are coming into town. They're all basically arriving between ten and eleven thirty tonight Eastern Time. So they're all going to be coming into the other part of the house right as we're on the air. So hopefully we'll keep it uh, focused on football for the next thirty thirty five minutes. But uh, Definitely want to wish happy holidays to all the folks out there and hope you're able to get together some with family in a safe way. And if not, you can maybe get some Zoom together and still enjoy your holidays as best you can. Yep. Uh, we, we always have to put family first. And uh, happy holidays and uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody out there. This is the season finale of our 13th season of this podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind, Mastermind is completing our 25th Silver Anniversary season we have one more week to go. We're going to take next week off because it's week 17. You shouldn't be playing your fantasy bowl that that week. But regardless, we will be having a lot of information on the website, both premium and free. But uh, uh, we're really excited about fantasy uh, championship week. Uh, like I said, I've got a team going. I've got actually two teams going. One's, one's in the part two of a two-week total points championship with four teams. It's a very exciting FFPC dynasty format. But let's get right to the news and notes of the day as well as some fantasy tips for people playing in our championship game. Uh, uh, is uh, the big question is CMC going to play this week? Christian McCaffrey, uh, we're, we're, we we don't know right now. Tuesday night uh, they're going to hit hit the practice field tomorrow. Matt Rule said that if uh, Christian can practice and looks good, uh, it looks like you know that he's on track to play. If not, it'll be Mike Davis again. My question to you, Chris, is that if Christian McCaffrey makes it through the week somehow, and then you know kind of maybe iffy or whatever, but then they decide to go ahead and start him, do you start him automatically if you got him in your fantasy championship game? I, I, if he's active, you have to play him. I mean, like you said, he's only earlier in the year. He's only played three games this year, but he's averaging about 30 PPR points per, for each of those games. He's come off the disabled list and, and jumped right in with a 30-point game before. So you absolutely have to play him if he's active. Now, my gut feeling is that he won't be, 
But if he is, you absolutely have to put him in your lineup. You'd, you'd be silly not to. And, again, if you manage to get to the championship game without him, can you imagine adding a piece like Christian McCaffrey into your lineup for week 16? That sounds like a pretty good uh, risk that I'd be willing to take. And, and that, that's – I'm actually – you know, I don't know what my, my gut says, but I'm hoping and praying he plays because that's who I've got on my dynasty team in the FFPC. And we played Sony Michelle last week. We caught a break because Damian Harris didn't play. Got almost 10 points out of him. But, yeah, we could really use that 30 points to make up that 12-point difference. Moving on over to uh, uh, Kansas City. They had a big injury there with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, hip and ankle kind of did the splits. Uh, didn't kind of looked in, uh, ugly. Uh Fortunately, it's not that serious an injury. However, it looks like he's going to be out for the for the regular the final two games of the regular season, which means it's Levy and Bell time. So, uh, tell me, Chris, how do you consider Levy and Bell uh, in terms of fantasy use uh, for this week? Is he an RB one, RB two, RB three? What 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 do you think? Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on him, to be honest with you. Um, I obviously he's got an opportunity, but thing is, as good a receiver as he's been in his career, he's not a great fit for this offense. He's, as has been well documented, he's a very patient runner when he's got the ball. That does not really fit this offensive scheme and this, off- and this blocking scheme. Uh, Daryl Williams, actually, coming off the bench, fits it a lot better. So, I, you know, I, I like Bell as maybe a two, definitely a good flex, maybe a two if you get lucky, if he finds the end zone. I like Daryl Williams to get some short yardage touches to probably get between eight and 12 touches in the game. And he could be as productive with Missouri on Bell. So that's the guy you could pick up off your waiver wire. I don't know if I'd be gutsy enough to start him as more than a flex um, if you need, a, need a, a guy to pick up. But I think they're both safe flexes. Bell probably might have a little more, probably have more snaps and more touches. So I guess he's the better play. But I kind of have a good feeling about Daryl Williams uh, being a, a good contributor from a fantasy perspective this week. Okay, very interesting uh, uh, perspective there. Uh, let's move on over to Atlanta. Uh, those of you with Todd Gurley saying what's going on with him, his knee and all, uh, the, the running game of the Falcons hasn't done much uh, recently at all. And interim head coach Raheem Morris admitted that uh, Todd Gurley with his knee, has, uh, his role has changed. He's no longer starting. Edo Smith is starting. That being said, Edo Smith saw a whopping six carries for 24 yards last week, and the Falcons are playing the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Now, you can run on the, on the Chiefs, but – you fall behind 14 nothing or whatnot real quick in this game, possibly, then uh, you know Matt Ryan's going to be throwing left and right. Is Edo Smith actually any kind of real fantasy option for players desperate right now, Chris? Uh, I, I would actually put him in the same boat as probably less so because of the nature of the offense, but in the same boat as, as Bell and Williams, like I just mentioned. He's going to probably get the lion's share of the touches in the backfield, but as you said, What's that really worth? You know, when you're you want to run to keep them off the field, but when you're down 14 nothing or 17 nothing, you pretty much abandon that and you go right to the passing, which which you would imagine with Matt Ryan being your best player with him and Ridley. So, uh, yeah, I I think he's probably an okay flex. Um, I wouldn't if I had to rely on Edo Smith in my championship game, I'd be biting my nails the entire time, and hopefully I can go out in the waiver wire and pick up a guy like uh, Salvan Ahmed or or Miles Gaskin, whoever's going to start this week for Miami. I'd feel better about a guy like that as my flex. Than I would Edo Smith. Okay, I. In a, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say I agree with you there. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, moving on over to uh, Buffalo, 
uh, head coach Sean McDermott uh, commented on Stefan Diggs's uh, foot injury. You guys saw him limping uh, uh, in the early game last last weekend. Uh, he has got a foot injury. Uh, the comment was not overly worrisome. Of course, we haven't seen him practice yet this week, and and Stefan's got a got a practice to get on on the field there. So uh, hopefully, if you could depend on Stefan Diggs to uh, to play and start for your fantasy team, you better make sure you've got some kind of backup there because there's he's not an absolute line to play this week he needs to get through and, and show the coaches that he can play on that foot and we'll see if that happens all right chris uh, now we talked about uh, uh fantasy tips uh, nearing the playoffs and then once you get into your playoffs and all is there anything specially that you uh that you will absolutely do or absolutely not do uh if you're in your fantasy game uh, to prep for uh, for for the start for starting your lineup uh the one thing i would think about if you're in a league that still can make uh roster changes, waiver moves, uh, the last week of the season, sometimes people get locked into the, okay, this is my starting lineup. I don't need to worry about it. I've got guys to play, you know, maybe I'll keep their, you know, I'll keep a Tony Pollard if I have Zeke Elliott, that kind of thing. I recommend strongly, if you can make moves, get guys on your bench that you would be willing to start if you need to. This year more than any other, because we've seen things like Ronald Jones day before the game last week, get inactivated with COVID. That could happen to anybody. It could happen to your Alvin Kamara. It could happen to your Patrick Mahomes. It could happen to anybody. So fill your roster all the way down with guys you would be willing to start. Don't, don't keep a backup. I mean, if it's a dynasty league, it's something different. Don't keep a backup and hold them thinking this much. You don't need anything. It's the last week of the season. Make sure you got your whole roster filled with guys you could put in if you need to. Guys starting as late in the weekend as possible. The four o'clock game, the, the Sunday night game, the Monday night, the Monday night game. Think about that. So you always have an option if something happens to put something in. Don't leave it to chance. We had a guy in one of our leagues a few years ago. Um, once the rosters got clicked off, you can't make changes uh, in this one league. He lost his kicker to injury on Saturday. He went in without a kicker to the championship game and lost by one point. If he could have picked up anyone oh. off his bench, they would have surely got one point and he would have won the title. So don't. If you can carry an extra kicker, you do that um, just so that doesn't happen. Or if you can pick a guy up, be, be ready for that so you can do whatever you need to do to make sure you don't have a zero in your starting lineup. Yep. I guess you really have to follow that rule. It's really important in the day of COVID. Hopefully we won't have to worry about this so much next year, but this is 2020 still, not 2021. And hopefully by 2022, it will be all a distant, ugly memory. Anyway, my uh, my big rule for a fantasy championship game is always start your studs if they're healthy. Uh, This goes all the way back to 1988, the first year that I played. I played in the championship game. I believe maybe it was 89, the second year I played in. And uh, way back then, the Green Bay Packers had the magic man. Don Mikowski is the quarterback, and Sterling Sharp uh, (laughs) was the big star wide receiver. And he had a big year, but he had about two or three games in a row right at the end of the season where he just didn't do much at all. And I got cute. I thought, I said, well, this is ridiculous. I I can't start this guy again uh, in such an important game. And I don't remember exactly who I started in his place. That's how important that guy ended up being. But he ended up with – 
catching like two passes or three passes for 30 yards or something. And Sterling absolutely went off in week 16. I don't know. I can't exactly remember. It was something like eight catches for 150 yards and a score or two. And I ended up losing that game by four points. And basically because I made that idiotic decision ever since that, I, I, I swore to myself I would never, uh, never do that again. And just like you say, if it's a tough decision, uh, better to go with your, start, your stud. And if he produces, of course, you win. But how bad are you going to feel if you don't start him and you end up losing strictly because of that, because this is the guy you rode the entire way all the way to get to the big game? Uh, That's just something I I went through that that year, and I thought about it for months, and I promised myself I'll never go through that again. And before I get to the, the list of injuries here, I want to mention, since this is our, our season finale, um, I always do this for our subscribers, and I want to go through the list real quick of certain specific players to watch in 2021. Keep your eyes on their situation. Uh, some of these guys are already fantasy stars, and some of them are on the rise, uh, but their situations may change. But you want to make sure you keep an eye on them because you're going to be interested in possibly drafting them early next year. And at the top is Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, now he's only started seven games games and he's been up and down with his production but uh, uh, I really do say this mark my words the talent is there he should be at the very least a top 15 quarterback uh, early in 2021 and he could easily be top 10 by season's end do not overlook him I think it also it matters as to what the Dolphins do to improve the talent around him specifically at the running back position as well as the wide receiver position they need to upgrade get a better maybe number one of Devonta Parker certainly number two Preston Williams is, is injured and all but uh, I think the the, uh, the the future is very bright for Tua there at, at running back uh, Devondre Swift uh, you know I tell you he got off to a slow start this year due to injury and but when he's been healthy he's shown signs of being a true fantasy stud and now a former head coach Matt Patricia, Mr. as I like to call him, King of the RBBC gone. Swift, hopefully we'll get a chance to carry a full workload in 2021. And if that happens, I tell you, his fantasy owners are going to be very happy. Things are looking up in Detroit. Uh, really excited about that team. Galladay needs to get healthy and stay healthy. And if he does, if they keep Matt Stafford, I don't see any reason to get rid of him. There's talk about getting rid of him and all. But I think they've got a good core there. They need to fix that defense. The offense is fine. Let Swift do his thing. They don't need Adrian Peterson anymore. Let him go. Uh, moving on over to, to Seattle, Chris Carson's a very interesting case. No doubting his talent, he is a RB1. When he's healthy, he's the bomb. However, unfortunately, he's missed another four games this year in 2020, so there are questions about whether the Seahawks plan to pony up and pay the man for a new deal. And if not, he actually could land with another team before 2021. I don't know if they're going to put a franchise tag on him or what's going to happen, or they could trade him. I don't know what's going on. But don't think it won't happen because it's all about the team here, and if uh, Pete Carroll thinks that uh, they need to move on, they'll move on. Hopefully they don't. I think it's a good fit, but I tell you, uh, the guy's got to stay a little bit healthier. And this time last year, I was also talking about OBJ, Odell Beckham in Cleveland. I said the same question I asked here, right here last year. I'm going to ask it again. Is he going to stay or is he going to go after the season's over? He's coming off a torn ACL. Well, at least he's shown signs of a better connection with uh, Baker Mayfield before he tore his ACL. That said, the team may be playing better without him, without him on the field. OBJ is always one player to watch, but 2021 offseason may be his most interesting offseason to date. Don't 
uh, don't uh, don't think they won't trade him. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting. Now, another young player that I've kept my eye on for a couple of years now, and I always thought that he was misused and out of place, and, uh, and but he always had the talent, was Corey Davis in Tennessee, and I think he really proved himself there. He knew he was motivated to to, to produce on the field because he knew this would probably have been the last chance he could get to start in, in the NFL because his contract's up at the end of the year. The talent's always been there. I said, but I thought he was a bad fit. Well, I was wrong. Davis is averaging more than 15 PPR points per game played he's ranked 17th on the PPR list for 2020 and but but with AJ Brown there he ranks eighth with 17 and a half PPR uh, game average and the Titans may decide that only one big contract at wideout will be offered and something tells me unfortunately it's not going to be the Corey Davis it's going to be AJ Brown so the, the situation is what's going to happen with the Corey Davis is he going to move on we're going to keep an eye on wherever he goes he's going to make an impact but I think the best impact might be staying in Tennessee we shall see one last play before I get to the rest of it, and I know I'm running a little bit long, but I don't care. This is a season finale. We'll tape a little bit extra if we need to. I think Robert Tanya is a very interesting uh, player to watch in the offseason. I'll tell you, he's a big guy, solid hands, but he's not the, really the typical athlete for the Packers that they really want in the tight end because they love the guys like Jermichael Finley, big athletic types and all. But the question is, he is healthy. He's made an impact. Uh, he's got a really strong connection with Aaron Rodgers. Now the question is, is Tanyan going to stick as their pass-catching lead tight end in 2021? Are they going to look to upgrade via the draft? Are they going to maybe do a trade? I don't know, but don't think anything won't happen because that's the, all, the beauty of the NFL offseason. Don't assume that he's just going to stay there and be the number one guy in Green Bay. They're always looking to improve. And, and we're talking about a team also that drafted – uh, another quarterback and a running back when they really didn't need one in Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Aaron Jones. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's going to be very interesting offseason. Those are just a, a few of the names to watch in the offseason. Keep your eyes on all of them. There's a lot more to talk about in the offseason. Anyway, let's get right to the list of injuries real quick. Derek Carr with a groin limited on Tuesday. Expected to miss 10 to 14 games. Looks like Marcus Mariota is going to start for the Raiders this week. Alex Smith, calf injury for Washington's day-to-day. Nick Mullins, right elbow, sat Tuesday, not expected to play this week. Jimmy Roppo has been designated to return, but he's still got an ankle injury. He's not expected to play. It looks like C.J. Beathard in the fantasy playoff championship week. Uh, anyway, Daniel Jones with a hamstring ankle. Status is uncertain, but are you really going to start him anyway in your bowl game? Probably not, so don't worry about it. James Watt Robinson's a big name to watch this week. He left the game last week with an ankle injury. We'll be watching his progress to see if he practices the status in certain right now. Same thing with Zeke Elliott, late scratch, had first game he missed. And I'm telling you, people that held on to Tony Pollard like I did, and even though it was in a toilet bowl of my, <laughs> my FFPC main event, I, I made the switch and got the 30-plus points of Tony Pollard. So if you got Zeke, you might want Pollard this week. We'll see if Zeke plays. Antonio Gibson with that toe, not looking good. We'll see if he can practice and play. I wouldn't count on it. Ryan Mostert, uh, he sat today, not expected to play this week. On top of that, Jeff Wilson left the game with a with a type of a, a hamstring injury. Uh, pro football doc, uh, I give him credit on that for men- mentioning that. We'll see if he can actually practice later this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if it could be a combination of Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman going for the 49ers this week. James Conner with the quad uh, has a chance to play, but really, I don't know. I mean, smell, smell looked pretty good. Uh, that 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 offense is just a mystery right now. What's going on? It's it's not it's not good for Pittsburgh. 
Uh, over in Arizona, Chase Edmonds with an ankle knee. He sat on Tuesday. We'll see if he practices the rest of this week. Shares time with Kenyon Drake there. And Damian Harris, like I mentioned, with the ankle. We'll see if he can practice and whether he plays this week. Wide receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, boy, he looked right in the camera before the game. Yeah, don't sit me. Yeah, one catch, 17 yards. Well, I, along with a lot of other people, started him. That's what we get. I'm going to say you need to practice this week in order to get you on the field. And if you're going to, if you if you want me to start you, you're going to have to prove it. We'll see there. Julio Jones with a hamstring uh, week to week. We'll see if he pray, plays this week. I wouldn't count on Kenny Dog Dolly with that hip coming back. I don't even understand why they just don't shut him down the rest of the season. They're not going anyway. T- T- Tyler Boyd with a concussion for the Bengals. Status uncertain. We'll see if he can recover from that on Monday night. Uh, Michael Gallup with the hip. Not serious. We'll see uh, if he practices. And, then of course, the, the, the threesome there in Miami. Donta Parker with a hamstring. Jockey, uh, Hakeem Grant with a hamstring. And uh, uh, Mike just Zeki with a shoulder. They were all limited in practice today. We'll see if they can improve and play this week to help out Tua. Uh, Traquan Smith with an ankle down in New Orleans. He sat on Tuesday. Uh, probably wouldn't expect him to play. We'll see. George Kittle is really pushing the play. He's been designated to return him. Kyle Shanahan has already said that if he's good to go, he's going to play this week. So if you got Kittle, be ready to stick him in your lineup if he plays. And Eric Ebron with that back injury, oh, he he was in a lot of pain on Monday night. Uh, they say it's not too serious, but we'll see if he can practice the rest of this week. It's a short week and see if he can play. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, people, whether you're listening to this week 16 or week 17 or in the off-season of 2021, uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, in the springtime to talk about free agency and such. But whenever you're listening to this, because it's going to stay on the site for the next three, four, five, six months, uh, please come on over to ffmastermind.com. Check out our website. Lots of good information. Our our free daily flagship uh, feature is our NFL Quick Bits. All the injury stuff on that stuff on that page is going to go absolutely free once the playoffs start. And I know a lot of you play uh, play in playoff challenges and such, so you get all that good stuff there. Uh, we're keeping track of all the COVID lists and everything, and all the player movement and everything. And of course, we're offering free in-season nine scout scouting reports for the next two weeks, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy in-season newsletter for the final two weeks is nine ninety-five. The late-season sale price of a medium pizza. Please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. Let's get to the picks to click and flick finally for week 16. Chris, give me two quarterbacks you like and why. Uh, it's a perfect storm for two guys that once shared a huddle. We'll start with Jalen Hurts. Uh, in his two starts, his low total of 23 points, and he's averaged 30-plus against some pretty good defenses. The thing I like is he averaged 15 rushing attempts per game as well, which likely gives him a pretty high floor. And, of course, this week he faces the Cowboys, who have allowed the second-most touchdown passes on the second-fewest quarterback attempts. And Dallas allowed rushing scores to Lamar and Tyler, guys like him when they played. So I think his ceiling is really high here. Heck, Dallas allowed 27 fantasy points to C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins last week with no skill guys. 
I got Hurts ranked top seven this week ahead of usual QB1s like Tannehill and Wilson. And then, you know, the other guy obviously is Tua, Tagovailoa, like Hurts, the guy's just a winner. He's a dual-threat quarterback. I'm a little concerned his skill guys are a question mark to play this week and that he might get a running back back to gobble some of those touches. But this looks like another very exploitable defense for him to aim at. The Raiders have allowed multiple touchdown passes in nine of their last 11 games, and they've been getting beat by pedestrian and undermanned receiving crews for the last month. I know several teams that are starting one of these two guys in fantasy championship games this weekend. Well, I tell you, that's interesting that you said that because I'm probably going to end up doing that too. We were just talking about this before the game, uh, the game uh, before the uh, I'm sorry, before the game started, before the show started. Two <laughs> uh, over Wilson. Yeah, I, it looks like I might be in that group too. Anyway, a couple of guys I like this week above uh, beyond those two guys: Baker Mayfield. Uh, terrible Jets secondary. Uh, Jets win two in a row. Are you kidding me? No way. I think Baker has a really good game against them this week. So if you need him, start him. And Tom Brady, uh, that's who I'm starting in my fantasy championship of uh, FF Webmasters. Uh, and I'm going to need a big game because my opponent does have hurts. So we'll see. Tom Brady, his turn against the soft line secondary. I think he's going to throw multiple scores in this game. It's going to be a good game for Tom Brady. So if you got him, roll with him, not worry about it. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, Phil Rivers. Uh, I think he uh, loses streaming value against the Steelers this week, probably a low-scoring uh, low game. Very interesting way the Bengals beat the Steelers was running on them, especially the quarterback position. Uh, Phil Rivers is a statue. Forget that. And I know that you kind of like Ryan Tannehill, but I don't. I think the Packers are going to keep him in check this week. The Packers' uh, problem are running. I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over them this week. I think that Tannehill is not going not, not to get much done, so I'm kind of concerned about him this week. And like you say, I think uh, uh, guys like Tua are a little bit ranked ahead of Tannehill this week. We'll, we'll see. Who do you not like at uh, quarterback and why, Chris? A couple, couple of veteran number ones. I'll start with Ben Roethlisberger. He's obviously looked off for weeks now. If you watch the Monday night game, he really showed – how off he was against a pretty weak defense. He's been under 17 points per game for the last four weeks with as many picks as touchdowns, believe it or not. Now, he does have a few historical games at home versus Indy, which have been really good, but he's not faced them at all in four seasons or in Pittsburgh since 2015, so I think that's kind of irrelevant. Crucial game, short week, he gets to stay at home, but he's facing a Colts defense that I think might smell blood in the water, and they're going to play with an edge because they had some shocking Pro Bowl snubs like, I expect DeForest Near to make his life hell up the gut to prove a point about not getting picked. And I don't like Russell Wilson this week. We mentioned him earlier. The slumping Wilson is actually sitting at quarterback number 19 over the last six weeks with only an average of 210 yards per game and four games with zero to one touchdowns in that time. Barely a backup. Now he's facing the league's number one overall and number one pass defense. This does not bode well for his resurgence this week. And historically, the Rams have had his number, too. They've held him under 300 yards 12 straight times. And he's only averaged 221 yards with one 300-yard game in his 17 career starts against the Rams. I don't think Russ is going to be cooking much this week. Wow, that's a lot of good stats. So I, I, I'm, I'm more and more that I'm going to bench him for sure this week. <laughs> we'll see. I have to talk that over with my partner in that. But anyway, uh, how about running back? Who do you like and why? I like a couple of Davids. We'll start with David Johnson. I think Duke Johnson is not going to be a factor again this week, which basically puts all the running back touches and snaps in DJ's bucket again. His workload is high ever since Cornell took over, 18 to 20 touches each full game he's played, 16 PPR points per game. Now he faces a very weak Bengals run defense on a short letdown week after that big Monday night football win. I think he's going to get a huge workload and find pay dirt. And, and how can you not like David Montgomery? If I asked you who was leading every running back in fantasy points and stats the last four weeks, obviously Derrick Henry comes to mind, and you're right. 
But David Montgomery has one less PPR point, the same number of touchdowns, and is just 50 yards, total yards back over those four weeks. He's got four straight weeks of 25 PPR points since his week 11 bye. And this week he faces the Jags defense that has been absolutely pasted for 1,000 total yards by running backs in the last five weeks and is mailing it in. A lot of people rode Montgomery to the fantasy finals, and he will not disappoint you this week either. Yeah, I tell you, that string of opponents, I mean, he's a good player, but that string of opponents he had is ridiculously soft. You've got to take advantage of that. Yeah. i tell you, a couple, uh, so couple of running backs I like this week. Hmm? And so are the Jags, so he fits right in. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the uh, couple of running backs I like this week, uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I, I think Ron, Ronald Jones is out this week, and uh, I think Fournette, he scored a, a a couple of times last week. He didn't have much yardage, but I think he's going to pile up the yards this week against the Lions. So if you got him, start him. And Salvan Ahmed, uh, I tell you, ditto against the Raiders. Going to score on him. Uh, you know, that, that that defense is just uh, absolutely terrible. Such a good offense. And, uh, you know, it's right down the road here in Las Vegas, and they can't stop anybody. They need to fire all the coaches. I don't know what's going on there. And they obviously in the offseason need to work on getting better players uh, and, and getting some kind of scheme. But in the meantime, if you got Ahmed, start him this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, and they're pretty big names. Jonathan Taylor, he goes against the Steelers, um, you know, you're going to start him and hope that he does uh, get into the end zone, but if he doesn't, might not be such a good game. Kenyon Drake, uh, I know that uh, Chase Edmonds uh, is kind of iffy to play, but the 49ers, I think, are going to limit uh, Drake. We shall see, if, uh, especially if Chase Edmonds plays. Don't expect big games from either of these two guys. If you got them and you need them, go ahead and start them and then cross your fingers and hope they get in the end zone for you and, uh, you know, save their fantasy day. How about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, we've mentioned that Pittsburgh Indy game a bunch. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game, too. So I'm going to stay with that theme and start with uh, either Connor or Snell. I mean, the running game has been so non-existent in Pittsburgh. This week gets no easier. Even if Connor comes back, he's not going to have fullback Derek Watt. You may have seen he had an ugly concussion on uh, on Monday night. And he's going to be facing that Colts run defense. Only Derek Henry has topped 50 yards against the Colts since week six. And only three guys have topped 50 yards all season. This stingy front seven has allowed the fewest in just about every running back stat category and allowed under 60 rushing yards per game and one total touchdown over the last three weeks. Uh, these two Steelers are just not fantasy startable right now. And then this is just a caution play. Um, he's an obvious start, Derek Henry. Uh, maybe yep. not as great a matchup as you might think on paper. Not as, not as good as you might think. The big crush of the Packers' run defense earlier this year was that they were just hemorrhaging touchdowns. But they've only allowed one game with a rushing touchdown since week nine. And in the last three weeks, they've allowed under 60 running back rushing yards per game and only one runner over 30 yards. Now, I know Henry has a well-deserved reputation for his December production over the last few years. Amazingly, he has never rushed for 100 yards in week 16 in his five-year career. And he's averaging only 40 yards per game in week 16. You play him for sure, but don't be surprised if Green Bay focuses on him and slows him down a little bit. Interesting, interesting. Okay, how about the how about the wide receiver position? Give me a couple you like and why. Uh, I love Emmanuel Sanders. He's averaging about 18 PPR points per game and eight targets a game in the four games he's played without Michael Thomas, and that target share dominance should continue with Traquan Smith likely out this week also. Uh, with the Vikings allowing the second most wide receiver touchdowns and the third most points per game, this looks like a chance to have a very solid high floor game with a good chance at a score. He's averaging. Uh, seven points per game with Hill at quarterback and almost 14 points per game with Breeze on her center. So this should help him as well. But then I kind of like Cooper Cup this week. I know he's been a disappointment much of the year, but he is poised to have an impact this week. Cam Akers, you know, likely going to be out. 
They could use him as a little dump offs uh, out of the slot as a running game surrogate, making him a good PPR guy. And historically, in this matchup, he has been much better than Woods across the field when in Seattle, 90-plus yards in a score in each of the games in Seattle the last two seasons, probably a safe floor for a wide receiver number two or number three this week. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, and I called it last week, A.B., Antonio Brown uh, got his first touchdown. I had a gut feeling he would, and he did. I say stick with him. I think he's going to score again this week, and they're playing the, the Lions. And, of course, Jarvis Landry. I like Baker Mayfield. That goes hand-in-hand with Jarvis Landry. Uh, they're they're going to light it up against the Jets. I, the Jets are a little bit better run defense, but uh, the pass defense can be beaten, and I think Mayfield is playing very well. So if you got Landry, don't be afraid to start him. A couple of uh, – Guys, I'm worried about this week. DK Metcalf, yep. Jalen Ramsey, Rams. Russell Wilson struggling. Caution play two. Uh, by the way, caution play one was Russell Wilson in my list of picks to click and flick for this week. So I know you're going to start him. Just hope that uh, he doesn't do another four for forty type game. Maybe a five for ninety with a fifty yard score. I don't know. <laughs> anything's happened with that. Anything's possible with that beast. Anyway, and then uh, another guy I'm concerned about: Robbie Anderson, Carolina. Uh, Washington, very good uh, pass defense. And Anderson seemed to disconnect with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. If you watched in that game last week, he was in and out of the lineup. Didn't uh, really see a target till almost the second half. Didn't see a catch till almost the end of the third quarter. Uh, a very disappointing game, the, his worst uh, game of the season, actually. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it also the other thing is if CMC comes back and plays in this game, he's going to catch a lot of the shorter passes that would normally go to Robbie Anderson. So that factors in, too. If he does play, that's even less targets for Robbie Anderson. I should be careful there. Um, how about you, Chris? Uh, what about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about? Yeah, a couple guys you mentioned earlier. I'll start with Keenan Allen. They popped him on the field for a few plays last week to get him his 100th catch, and then I think he'll do, they're going to do a cameo role with him again this week to get him to 1,000 yards. You only need eight yards. They don't need to risk him in this matchup. The young guys are stepping up at wide receiver, and the Broncos secondary is so depleted that really anybody can score on them. Plus, Eckler's back 100%. The Broncos are even worse on run defense, so he's going to get a heavy load. I see a low-volume game for Keenan here if he plays, especially if Mike Williams is back. And then I'm, I'm kind of worried about Corey Davis this week. Uh, I know he's a, pretty, he's a pretty big guy also, but A.J. Brown is just a man-child, so he's going to see more of the taller Kevin King at cornerback, while Davis is going to see shutdown coverage from Jair Alexander. Uh, Davis has been more up and down due to volume and coverage dependence of, uh, from his opponent, so I downgrade him this week, and I'm going to see if he drops and upholds. He's had eight straight weeks of alternating 100-yard weeks with low weeks, so he's due for a down one this time. Okay, how about tight end position? A, a couple of guys that you like and why? Yeah, I love these two guys this week. Noah Fant, the Chargers have been very generous to opposing tight ends, including a shocking 10 tight end touchdowns so far, and they're coming off a shellacking by Darren Waller to the tune of nine catches for a buck 50 and a score. Fant himself is also coming off a big week, eight catches for 68 and a score and 11 targets. He's leading Denver in receptions despite missing two full games and large parts of two others. I think he's a high-volume candidate with a high PPR floor. And then I love Logan Thomas. He's been on a roll for four weeks, averaging about 18 PPR points per game, scoring twice. Two of those games were against the two top teams at defending the tight end as well, so he's doing it against some pretty tough competition. Carolina, on the other hand, comes in having allowed the most tight end fantasy scoring over the last month, among the most, and the fifth most tight end receptions overall. Logan Thomas quietly has the third most tight end receptions behind Waller and Kelsey, and it's a top five PPR tight end. 
Wow, that's good information there. I like him too. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Austin Hooper, Cleveland, going back to the Browns. The Jets have allowed 13 tight end scores in 2020. That's the most in the entire league. Uh, Hooper did score last week against the Giants. I think he's going to do it again against the Jets. We'll see. Uh, I'd stick him in my lineup if I were you. Uh, Mark Andrews, that's a no-brainer, but he's uh, playing better since he's coming off the COVID list, scored last week. I think he's going to score again uh, this week against the Giants. Uh, And, uh, you know, so you plug and play. Don't worry about it. A couple guys I'm concerned about. Dawson Knox has made some noise recently, but it's just not a good streaming, streaming play against the Patriots. Very, very good against the tight end there. And he's also dinged up a little bit. And Trey Burton, uh, up and down, up and down, and then kind of disappeared the last couple of weeks. Well, the Steelers have allowed only two tight end scores on all of 2020, so I sit Trey Burton and look elsewhere for more fantasy uh, production. How about you, uh, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Uh, we mentioned the Steelers earlier, Eric Ebron. There's no guarantee he's going to make it back for this revenge matchup with the Colts on a short week after that blow to his lower back. Uh, he is motivated to play, but the big issue is here is he's facing a Colts defense that has been particularly stingy to the tight end and has allowed the fourth fewest points and only two touchdowns all year. And then I don't like Dan Arnold this week. He's been hot of late, averaging about 13 PPR points per game, but he's feasted on some favorable matchups. And this week he gets the 49ers, who have allowed the fewest touchdown tight end points, receptions, and yards so far in 2020, and only three tight ends to top 35 yards. He's very matchup dependent and very tight end dependent for any fantasy value this week. Okay. How about uh, your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them, Chris. I love Kaimi Fairbairn this week. Cincinnati's allowed 11 points per game the last six weeks to a kicker, and Fairbairn averages 12 points per game at home, so that looks like a good good pairing. And I like Mike Badgley. Uh, Denver allows the most field goals and points per game, 11 of 12 games with multiple field goals allowed. And Badgley has 13 or more points in three of his four career games against Denver, so that's, that's a really good matchup for both sides there. Uh, on defense, I'm not even going to say the Browns at the Jets. That's too easy, too obvious. So I'm going to give you Arizona at home against San Francisco, who's also playing in, in Arizona their own game. With Frisco eliminated, I think a lot of their injured offensive stars should stay out, and a top-pressure unit like Arizona should harass C.J. Beathard all day. And then I like Philadelphia at Dallas. A very high-pressure front line versus a decimated O-line will make up for the deficiencies in the secondary and I think they're gonna they're really gonna uh, put it to, to Andy Dalton some this week. Okay, we want to remind everyone a premium uh, package purchase. Whether you're buying in the off season, the preseason, middle of the season, whatever, you get free access to our premium subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers are registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Well, uh, thanks everybody. I want to personally thank my co-host Chris Rita, very good friend, very knowledgeable fantasy football player, and great co-host for another season uh, of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Uh, I could not have picked a better person to do this with. I'm having a great time with you. I wish you all the best, uh, you know, for this holiday season, Chris. I, I, uh, I, I, I know you're very excited about your family. Just make sure you, everybody stays safe because I want to be doing this podcast with you for a long time to come. Sounds like a good plan, sir. My best to you and your missus and all your little pooches around the house, too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, we'll see you all next year. For Chris Frito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll hopefully return in 2021 for a free agent review sometime in the spring, assuming that there's going to be a regular off season like there was this past year, hopefully. I mean, thumbs up, hopefully. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see you again in the springtime. So good night and good luck to everyone still playing this week. Take care, and this is it. Good, good luck. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek. 
the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.